Hi, this is Courtney Kenny, author of Creating Space to Thrive, and you're listening to My Quest for the Best with Bill Ringel. Listen up, small business founders, senior managers, and rising stars. Bill Ringel here, host of My Quest for the Best, the podcast for ambitious small business leaders. On each episode, I bring you the inside stories from published and accomplished experts who want to share their knowledge and experiences in order to help you be more successful in leading your people, managing your business, and navigating toward more growth and more impact in a changing and challenging landscape. Let's dive. Joining me today is Courtney Kenny. Courtney helps authors launch best-selling nonfiction books. She holds project management professional accreditation from the Project Management Institute and worked as a project manager at Workday and Motorola. She's managed book launches for successful books on the sales charts of the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today. She has written books on creativity and publishing, book marketing, and has been featured in Cosmopolitan, among other places. In addition, she's written 11 science fiction novels under a pen name. Courtney lives in Chicago and is here to talk about her book, Creating Space to Thrive, Get Unstuck, Reboot Your Creativity, and Change Your Life. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Now, Courtney, when you were growing up, who's someone who influenced or inspired you? My mother, Linda, was a very, just a huge inspiration for me in my life growing up, obviously being my mom, but she also instilled a really strong work ethic. My parents divorced when I was really young and my mother moved to another state, raised my brother and my older brother and me. And so she hadn't been in the workforce for a while. She was raising children. And so she decided to re-enter the workforce with raising kids. She went to school. She went back to school, became an elementary school teacher. And then after a few years, she actually transitioned to a job in the Department of Defense. I grew up in suburban DC area. So a lot of people worked for the government. And my mother started out as a librarian for the Department of Defense. And she worked her way into a an analyst, an intelligence officer analyst role. And it was just so inspiring to see her start this incredible career. She had the opportunity to travel all over the world. She got to brief generals at the Pentagon. My mom really kicked some butt in her career. And so she just taught me how to work hard, that you don't give up. You can you do your best. And if you fail, you try again and you can succeed. So I, I probably don't tell her enough how great she is and how awesome she is. So I'll have her listen to this. But yeah, it's definitely my mom, Linda. Well, Courtney, there's so much more in in there than just the hard work. She relocated your family. She took a risk getting a new career. She reinvented herself like entrepreneurs and business owners do. In order to be successful, she took on new careers from homemaker to elementary school teacher to librarian to analyst, that whole set of lifelong learning. So I, I am just so pleased and impressed with what your mom has done. Tell me at what point did, in your life did you realize that wasn't easy? What she did? Oh, yeah, it, it took a while. I think once I got my own adult responsibilities and, and learning how to balance life priorities, I, I just I realized how much my mom sacrificed along the way to make such a good life for my brother and I. My mom, she she really sat my mother really sacrificed a lot for my brother and me. She had this demanding job where she was sorry, I'm a little I'm a little Get flustered. And we're good. Move on. Okay. No, I've got it. I've got it. My mother sacrificed a lot for my brother and me growing up. She had this demanding 
demanding job where she was really making a name for herself and building a reputation. But yet she still created space for family because that was important for her. She had this job where she commuted into the city. It was demanding and stressful, but she always was home in the evenings to take care of us and make us dinner and help us with schoolwork. That kind of sacrifice is not an easy thing because we are we all have demands on us. And she was able to do so much. When you graduated college did you, and had your first job, did you start to gain an appreciation of how much it takes in order to balance those different aspects of life? I, I definitely did. Well, I after I graduated university, I was living in Phoenix and I applied to the company Motorola. And they're a global company and they were very big in the Phoenix Valley at the time. And I started out again, just following the example of my mother set, I started out as a recruiter and I was cold calling people and I worked my way up to become a project manager at the company. And I was there for 15 years. And it was wonderful. At times, I was able to do a lot of traveling. I the company with the company I lived in Australia for a year and a half. I lived in Adelaide, South Australia, and just had some amazing experiences. Also, did you also work at Workday after Motorola? Yes, my my time with Workday came after Motorola. And with Workday, I was in a consulting role and helping corporations roll out enterprise HR software. Yeah. So I used all my project management skills. Understood where that can play a big role. And you got to really appreciate how corporate life tries to pack as much responsibility onto the shoulders of its very capable people. The, The more you can do, the more you're asked to do. And many people listening can relate to that thoroughly. What inspired you to branch off? from your corporate work and start to do your own business, start to launch your own business? And was your initial business that you started something that helped authors? Yes. So I, in the course of my corporate career, I became a little bit burned out, which I'm sure many listeners can relate to. It was demanding. And what I ended up realizing is that I was living this kind of Groundhog Day existence where I just wasn't feeling a spark in my my current role any longer, the the role that I had at Motorola. So I was feeling burned out and just a little restless. And I started to read a lot. And I wanted to discover what it was that where I could find some more joy and and happiness in my life. So I actually had a pretty big wake up call with my role at Motorola ended, I got laid off. And so rather than just jumping back into the workforce and leaping into a new job, I decided to take a little time off because I wanted to experiment. I had always wanted to write a book and I started to immerse myself in the world of self-publishing and learning how I could write a book. And part of the reason is that a, a friend of mine who became a client actually named Ella, she, I, I actually saw her write a book about a, a knowledge area that... So she was a pharmacist and she also was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroid thyroiditis, which is a thyroid condition. So she took her expertise as a, as a pharmacist and with that condition and wrote a book specifically for people with that diagnosis. And she did very well and she learned how to online market. And so she really created the space in her life to build her own company. And she hired a team and she actually partnered with her husband. She hired her husband out of his job. He became her CFO and they she became a speaker and 
and launched several online courses and she grew her team. And it was just phenomenal to see. And she actually became my first book launch client. So she was launching a book with her with a traditional publisher. And so I took my project management experience and applied that to all of the strategy around her launch and helping her get on the New York Times bestseller list. Fabulous. What a win right out of the park. Your first client makes it to the New York Times bestseller list. And in what year was this? That was in 2017. This isn't back decades ago. This is very recent where you made the New York Times bestseller list, which is a huge accomplishment. When you think about the importance of creating that space, a myriad of different opportunities can come about. But what are some of the mistakes that people who are working in a job, either a corporate job or in a small business, where they're pressed with responsibilities and some of the boundaries have fallen down, like during when we're working from home now during the pandemic lockdown? All of these responsibilities get squished and where more is being asked of us, sometimes we're the ones who are being our own worst manager with asking more of ourselves and answering email at all hours of the day and night. But what else gets sacrificed when people don't pay attention to the boundaries and fail to create space to thrive? You sacrifice your well-being. The, I think the more that we spend our, our time on conquering the to-do list, which can feel completely overwhelming, or we're trying to pack in one more meeting to our already very busy schedule, we start to... You're, it becomes a burden of stress on your body. And I think it starts to affect other things in your life, like how y- your relationships with others. Are you spending time with family? Are you focusing on the things in your life that are most important to you? So for example, I have a, a client named Vanessa who decided she also had a very demanding corporate job. She wasn't able to spend the time with her two children that she wanted to. So she began a part-time on weekends. She began selling essential oils. And that grew and grew into a a business where she was able to hire staff and it became replaced her full-time income and then some. And so now she has a staff of 15. And she also has written a book recently. So she's continuing to grow her audience and her customer base globally. So I think that a lot of what we need to do to was really to look at our priorities and ask ourselves some of the questions like, what what do you want your life to look like? What if you were given just a few months to live, how, you know, is this how you would want to go out? How would you spend your time if you just had a few? Because Courtney, you bring this out so beautifully in the book by quoting Bronnie Ware, who's the author of the top five regrets of dying. And she said the, the top five things that people report as regrets are one, they say, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expect of me. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And five, I wish I'd let myself be happier. These are the things that really make life rich and worthwhile that people who are just working harder are going to run right by. They don't make the room in their lives to experience friendships and the happiness and the time to spend time with friends. That really makes it worthwhile. Can you relate to this experience in your own life where you had a wake-up call and said, oh my gosh, I've been working so hard. I need to do something different, not just to experiment, but you really felt that sense of loss that you didn't live by the priorities that you truly held as important. Yes. So a big wake-up call came when my stepfather, Mike 
was diagnosed with brain cancer. And he had been a rocket scientist at NASA. And so he'd worked for NASA, I don't know, 40, 40 some years before he retired. And he had a few years of retirement and got the brain cancer diagnosis and passed away just a few months later. And so that was a really big wake up call to kind of question, was I truly living the life that was making me happy? Or was I checking boxes? And I found that I didn't have enough creativity in the life that I was living in the career that I had. So that's why I decided to make the leap out of corporate life and become a freelancer. And I started with the one client, we all start somewhere. And that I just grew that into success. And I I used what I already had the experience in project management and applied it and combined it with writing and publishing, which is what I love. And so that just grew and grew. And I think that we people listening out there, if you are just going through the schedule and the to-do list to, to just schedule in some also some free space where you are just 15 minutes a day of making something, creating something. Do you have a, a client experience that person realized and made a change in his or her life because they also had some sort of wake-up call that said you're not living according to your truest values? Yes. Let me tell you about my client, Andre. Andre is someone that I worked with at Motorola and he was a compensation consultant. And also we had very demanding roles and he was realized that he has this passion for men's fashion, for personal style. He realized that he wanted to create some space to... So outside of work, he started using weekends to start a side hustle. So he just, he started learning about how to use Instagram, how to create a social media following, how to blog, and create your own website. And he started working one-on-one with clients. And so he just also had that wake-up call of, hey, this job I'm in is great. And I learn, but there's something more that I want. And so he went and built that and eventually transitioned that to start his own company. And he's able to... He actually recently... This was pre-pandemic. He flew to Milan and got to attend fashion shows. And just he's living the life he had always wanted. Now, there are many people who want to make a bigger contribution, either at their companies or in their side hustle or maybe going full-time into it. Yet, there are barriers that hold us back. Sometimes they're internal, such as having a fixed mindset. Sometimes there's self-esteem issues or just negative self-talk. What are some of the most common barriers that you've helped people overcome? And could you walk us through an example where you've worked with someone to help them see that even though they had a dream, and they felt that it wasn't possible, you could walk them through and help them navigate the first steps to making progress towards that dream. Sure. Let me tell you about Ken. Something that I hear a lot, and I heard this from Ken, is that Ken wanted to be a writer, but he said, I'm too old. I've missed I've missed completely. Everything has passed me by. So Ken was a software engineer, and he had always dreamed of writing a book. And he had actually pursued it earlier in his life, but ended up having a professor say, it's hard to make a living. Maybe you should try something else. So he ended up pursuing software, which he was very talented at. But he still wanted to pursue writing and a writing career. He had this limited mindset holding him back, this I'm too old. It's all been done before. And I just worked with him 
and said, I explained the growth mindset that we are, again, that we all start somewhere. People who have a growth mindset are, they're flexible. They understand that you could learn new skills at any age and you can grow and create new opportunities in your life. Isn't it important to recognize that a mindset is often something we've adopted? It's not something that any of us are born with, but it's really something that involves a choice. Absolutely. I think we are just cultured to have this these limiting beliefs or we let the negative voice inside of us dictate these obstacles. And that's why the big message in Creating Space to Thrive is to create space, create new growth, not obstacles. So it's these obstacles can hold you back, but it, you really do need to push forward and try new things and experiment. See, that's so important because it's allowing, let me say it a different way. What you've described is so important, Courtney, because it's allowing the opportunity for new ideas and new people to come into our lives. We ourselves may be struggling with a self-limiting belief, but a trusted colleague, friend, relative might be able to see beyond that and say, oh my gosh, of course you could do this. And just to get some momentum going makes all the difference. I think you found that when you started your first book. I think probably if we talk about Ken some more, he found that once he got going, he was able to apply his organizational writing skills that he'd honed as a software developer and get going with a a project that was really important to him. How did that turn out when you actually started working with him to encourage him along the path of producing his first book? Yes, it went well. He went on to, and and this was not a nonfiction book, but it was science fiction. So he went on to plot out an entire, not only one book, but a series and create this whole new world of, and he's still writing in that series. But yeah, it's just an incredible journey. And it's such an incredible world, a fiction world that he's building. So it's exciting. I imagine you find it enormously satisfying to help people overcome these limitations and have their ideas that are in their head and the experiences that they've had make it out into the world in final form. It's a published book where if it just stays in our minds, if it just stays in our experiences, in our past, it doesn't help anyone the same way as it does as when we've actually published and put it out there. What's it been like with your experience as you reflect back and think the kind of change and contribution you're making today compared to when you worked in your corporate job, having the flexibility and opportunity to make this kind of impact? I really find the concept of creative freedom really compelling. And I I think that anyone actually, and it wasn't necessarily that it was different when I was in a corporate job. I just didn't make enough space in my life. I didn't block out the time to really pursue my hobbies. And I didn't connect with my creativity until after my layoff when I was forced to. So I think if I could wave a magic wand and go back, I would have built in more time to really pursue that creativity. It's so important. And it gives you that spark. But I think that anyone who is interested in writing a book, or maybe you've always wanted to learn an instrument like the guitar or learn how to draw, you can pursue those things and blocking out the time, maybe giving up some time on social media. I know that can be a big time sink for a lot of people. So even just 15 minutes a day of journaling, all of those things can contribute to going after something you want, like writing a book. Courtney, didn't you also take a step of selling a piece of home entertainment equipment that allowed you to have that in your life on a regular basis? That was actually Cassandra 
Sandra Geisford from the book. She actually got rid of her television. She sold her television to be able to spend more time on her business. She wanted to be able to turn her her coaching and consulting business into and make that into a full-time income. So yes, she gave up the television. And another example of that is Andre, who gave up... He said no to a lot of social invitations that he'd been getting and going out to be with friends. So there are some sacrifices. I will admit, I spent a lot of time learning as I was learning about the world of writing and self-publishing. There were things that I gave up. But to be... When I look back and think about it, that was all... That's all part of the journey. And when being able to build the life where I'm working on something that brings me joy and it gets me into that flow state, it doesn't feel a lot like work. So that's the state that I, I encourage people to check out. And if what you're doing right now isn't bringing that state of flow and, and joy that you can look at things like create, are there some creative pursuits that you can go after and maybe find that? It's so true. Nothing happens until you start to make space for it. And having that ability, we all can choose to block out time. And whether it's giving up watching TV on Tuesday nights or taking stronger steps in order to create that space in our lives is the first step because that's the canvas on which we paint and develop our, our drawings of the and scout the life that we really choose to have and can lead to the greatest levels of fulfillment. Courtney, are you ready for the my quest for the best lightning round? Oh, yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. At the beginning of the interview, I asked you about somebody who influenced or inspired you and you talked about your mom. When you were a teenager, Courtney, what's a song that you loved? I loved all things U2. So I love U2 Zoo Station. It goes Zoo Station. You're involved with a lot of project management with helping clients develop their books. And we know that writing the book, those of us who have written books and look to make them successful, realize that there's the process of planning it, writing it, publishing it, and then, oh yeah, marketing it. What is a tool or method that you follow in order to help people become successful that we can adopt or we can look at in order to become more successful, more disciplined with our own project management? Planning early. So one of the huge keys to success with when I work with clients and, and launching their books is to very early on come up with a strategy. What are the goals you're trying to achieve? And what is that plan to get there? Because with book launch marketing, you'd be surprised that you need to have a long pre-order phase so that where people can purchase your books early and it signals all of the bookstores like Amazon. And that is really the key to getting onto bestseller lists and having a successful book launch launch. So starting early, having the strategy and knowing your why. Other than your own, what's a book that you've given out the most as a gift in the last year? Yes. I mentioned Growth Mindset earlier. Mindset is the book by Carol Dweck. She's a Stanford psychologist. And that is just a book I go to, I go back to all the time and recommend and give out to people because that this notion of growth mindset is so important. You can help your team, anyone on your team be just teaching them about this concept of being growth-minded can really help with developing employees. It can help you with relationships in your life and it can help you. How do you know that you're successful 
at the end of each day. What do you look back on and how do you evaluate that? At the end of each day, I do work, I do use a to-do list and I, I look at that and say, did I hit my goals or not? And I don't always. And I I think what so what I ask myself is, did I do my best? Did I try my best? And am I working on the right things? So I think there's a culture of being being busy and having these long to-do lists. And that's I, I want to get away from that. I want to be working on the things that are really at adding value. So am I adding value to my clients? Did I move a project forward? Did I move my own writing forward? Those are the things that I ask myself. Courtney, let's take a step back and think about teams and how people who are team leaders or managers or even senior managers can help introduce this idea of having space in order to thrive to teams. What are some ideas that you've been able to gather and experiment with that you can share with us that is something that we can apply to the teams that we operate? Operate on and lead each day. Sure. I think it's really important to look at your teams going back to the why. Let me tell you about someone I worked with named Susan. And Susan led a team of HR managers and it was a global team. And so there were many meetings happening. And part of the role of the people on her team was that they had to work with stakeholders and convince them to invest in their ideas and they had to be strategic and consult. I worked with Susan and we looked at what her team was spending its time on. So inevitably, we found there were many meetings, lots of Zoom calls, and to the point where they didn't have... The people on her team had very little time to actually do any deep work where they could actually be heads down and creating the presentation that was due in in a week or creating a new proposal. That's where I said, we just need to look at creating some space. Are these meetings empowering your team? So So Susan went back to her team and said, you can look at the meetings and ask for an agenda. So just the simple thing, if somebody sends you a meeting invite, what is the agenda? What's the point of the meeting? Do you need to be there? So just empowering her people to ask those questions helped free them up to work on things that they found more more fulfilling rather than just being in more meetings. Yes. Everyone needs to pay attention to the fact that just having your calendar full does not mean it's creating the opportunity for you to have the most fulfilling day or making your highest contributions. Courtney, you've been so generous in sharing your knowledge and experience with us today so that people can relate to the fact that you felt like you were going through your own Groundhog Day experience working at a job where you didn't have that ex- that space that allowed you to have that creativity and excitement and juice and color in your life on a regular basis. You got a wake-up call that you shared with us about your stepfather, the NASA scientist, and he learned you learned through his experience that you can't wait till a certain point in your life in order to make that happen. It's really critical to make it to take a stand for yourself because no one's going to do it for you. You talked about Andre, who realized his dream and departed from his work as a compensation consultant and now travels and gets to make his contribution through his creative work. And Ken, the software engineer that didn't think that he he could overcome the self-limiting beliefs he had. And you helped coach him to the point where he's able to begin work on this amazing fantasy and science fiction world where he's now populating that and telling stories through that and entertaining people by creating the books. And when you need to make that space in your life, we should remember Cassandra, who actually took the step of selling her TV so that she wouldn't be tempted. A lot of times the biggest thing to do is just take the temptation out of the house. And she did that 
by selling our TV. So for all these reasons and more, I want to thank you so much for joining me on my quest for the best today, Courtney. Thank you so much, Bill. It was fun. I had a great time. And Courtney, when we, before we say goodbye for now, tell me where's that we could find out more about you and your work online. My website is projectmanagerwriter.com. Projectmanagementwriter.com. We're going to point to that in the show notes, as well as your social media, as well as your links to your Amazon books. So as you're listening to this, Head on over to the show notes and you can find out more about Courtney Kenny, author of Creating Space to Thrive, Get Unstuck, Reboot Your Creativity, and Change Your Life. Thanks again, Courtney. Thank you, Bill. Hi, this is Bill, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast interview on my quest for the best. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite app so you never miss an episode full of stories, tips, and insights for the ambitious small business leader. Now I have a quick request for you. Please go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a rating and review. My team and I really appreciate the feedback, and we read every comment to find out what you enjoy and what you want as we develop new content, course materials, and a few surprises that we have in store for you. When you rate and review my quest for the best, you help other small business leaders find us, subscribe to the podcast, and join the community. You can get the Insider's e-newsletter for small business leaders by going to myquestforthebest.com. We have chosen a challenging path to make a living and make a difference in the world, and I believe it's important to share top-notch resources with each other, which is why you'll find new episodes from top thought leaders and small business experts on my quest for the best each week. Thanks for listening and being part of the community. See you on the next episode.